Hey, it's Jesse, and welcome to this episode on how to take five-year plans and collapse them into 90 days. This may sound like a huge promise, and uh, I'm actually not promising you anything, but I've done this myself consistently. I've seen it happen for friends, uh, for students and clients, and there is a definite way to think and to plan so that this becomes uh, a reality. Need nothing, appreciate everything, have it all. Welcome to the podcast that helps you architect your most self-authorized, productive, and fulfilled life. Join action philosopher Jesse Elder on a journey to greater joy, freedom, and wealth of every kind as he shares insights gained from the leading edge of liberated living. The hardest part is accepting just how easy success can be. And now, Jesse. Welcome to this episode where we're going to talk about how to take the impossible and make it your current reality. Sound crazy? Uh, yeah, it is crazy to most of the world. And I'll just uh, tell you right now, uh, hopefully save you a little bit of time, that this particular episode is likely to be one of the least popular. And here's why. Because we live in a very rational world a world that is ruled in many ways by logic and uh, by people who demand proof. I'm not going to believe it until I see that it works. And then I'll start to put my energy into it. And I get it. That's totally, totally cool. And you can live a great life that way. Um, but here's who this particular episode is for. This episode is for the rare individual who actually trusts their own intuition the rare person who trusts their own curiosity and who has allowed themselves to somehow participate in this magic of life where you don't know exactly what the next step is, but you somehow feel so compelled to explore it. And so if you are a very logical, um, very rational person who demands lots of evidence, if you need to know what the statistics are, if you need to know what the scientific papers say about this, if you need to know what the politicians say about this, if you need to know whether or not this is in, in your parents' religion, um, here's the thing. You get to have whatever paradigm serves you. Uh, I just know that I've seen this happen consistently where these five-year dreams, five-year plans can literally manifest, be created, be worked for, and be achieved in less than 90 days. And I'll share an example of how this happened in my own life and more importantly, how you can take some of the same philosophy and begin to weave it into your own uh, life so that you can start having results. So if you're uh, the logical person who needs to know how and all this kind of stuff, this is probably not going to be the episode for you. Uh, maybe tune into another one. Um, but if you're if you're like me and you're willing to entertain possibilities that seem strange, but so you feel like there's something there, then uh, this could be a, a really useful ride for you. So let's let's dive in. A few years ago, uh, at the time of this recording, it was uh, 2000. 14, the end of 2014, I was living in Austin, Texas. I had a little uh, condominium and, and my consulting business and my, and my coaching business at that time was doing well, uh, not blowing up by any stretch of the imagination, but I was doing well and I was coming to the end of my lease and I had some choices to make. You know, I didn't really feel inspired to buy a home. That wasn't what I wanted to do. 
But I realized, okay, I can't keep doing the same thing. Life is too dynamic. And so I either have to uh, become more nomadic and just travel, or I have to do something that's a little bit more um, grand. I have to do, I'm going to get a place that is a little bit more uh, dramatic, <laughs> a place where I can bring clients that is like a wow, a, you know, a sort of like a wow factor. Cause I'd never experienced that before. You know, I had a nice home that I lived in San Antonio and it was, it was beautiful. Um, but I really was drawn to the idea of having a home that was sort of a showpiece, you know, a home that people would come to and go, wow, there's, this is a big place that might sound shallow. It might sound materialistic, and it's sort of for that reason that I wanted to explore it. And so here it was, December of 2014. And I was, um, I had about two months left on my lease. So it was time to start looking, right? It's time to start exploring ideas. And this is what happened. I was meditating one day with the, the intention of just getting ideas. You know, I, I basically, I want to know what I want. Because <laughs> every time I started to think about something, it was like, oh, I don't know. Logic kept creeping in. So I thought, you know what, let me just be a little more creative. Let me be a little more imaginative here. And I would just wonder, uh, I wonder, I wonder what it would be like if, and all of a sudden I began to get these, these impulses, these ideas. What would it be like if I had a huge house? And then the strangest thing happened as I began to get these ideas of what it would be like to have a big place. All these other ideas started rushing in to compete with it. Yeah, but you're, you don't, you don't have a family. You're, you're not even in a relationship right now. It's just you living by yourself. What do you need a big house for? But it wasn't for me. I wanted to share it. I wanted, uh, the reason I wanted the big house is because I had clients coming in. I had friends that I wanted to, you know, host events for them. I just wanted to experience it because I'd never experienced it before. But logic kept jumping in to kill the idea. That's stupid. You shouldn't want that. It doesn't make any sense. You can't afford it. That was actually the big one. <laughs> if I'm totally honest with myself, that was the biggest thing. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. I mean, I was paying my rent. I was paying my bills. No problem. But it wasn't like I had a ton of resources to now go and look for this place. But the ideas persisted. Has that ever happened for you? Have you ever had something that you want and yet you don't know how you're going to do it, so you stop wanting it. Look, that is the path of the average. And this is not a podcast for those who uh, are willing to keep thinking average. <laughs> you have to start thinking differently, and then things have a way of moving. So if you've ever wanted something, and the feeling of wanting it is there, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a material thing like a car, or house, or you know, a pair of shoes, or maybe a creative endeavor. Maybe there's something you want to create and build. You know, maybe it's a relationship that you'd like to experience a, a deeper connection with, or maybe you'd like your body to get in a certain shape or, or, or size or, or ability. doesn't matter. But if you want something, then you get to want it. And that's what I was doing with this house as an example. And I didn't have a particular place in mind. I just kind of got these ideas, you know, and I'd see these houses when I was driving through the hills of West Austin. And I began to wonder what it would be like to live in a house like that. And the idea compelled me. And that's the first piece of information that's really worth noting here. If you have an idea and the idea feels compelling, it's worth thinking about more. 
You feel that? If you have an idea and the idea feels compelling, then it's worth thinking about more. You know, you can always discard it later if the energy goes away, but if it feels compelling, it's there for a reason. So I would do this. I would drive through the hills in uh, Westlake uh, in in, uh, Austin and I would see these amazing houses and they were up on the hill and they had this incredible view and I began to wonder what it would be like. So I started looking at these houses, not physically going, but I began to look online and the weirdest things started to happen. I started getting scared. I started having... uh, anxiety around even looking at these houses. And then it all of a sudden hit me. It's because I realized, wow, I actually do want this, but I don't think I can do it. And that scared me. It scared me of wanting something that I never thought that I could have, you know, and I I grew up in in a very modest house. Um, for a couple of years, we lived in a trailer and, and all, all our entire family slept in one bedroom And so the idea of having a house that is, you know, thousands of square feet seemed very uncomfortable. And yet it was sort of compelling because I wanted to share it because I wanted a place that I could teach and, and expand and, and work with people. So I thought, okay, I gotta, I have to allow this fear to sort of settle. And I realized the fear was coming from trying to apply logic. I didn't know how. And so that was scaring me. Cause I didn't know what actions I was supposed to take. And this is a, this is a really pivotal moment. And this is uh, something I'd like to share with you. You don't need to know what the how is. The first step is to allow that seemingly impossible thing to just be, you just think about the thing that seems impossible, but that's okay. Let it seem impossible for a while and just focus on how it feels. So I would be scrolling through, you know, these websites, looking at these homes And I would just literally sometimes with my finger over my phone, I would cover the dollar amount because the dollar amount intimidated me. And I didn't like the way that felt. I don't like being intimidated. So I would just with my finger literally cover the dollars where it would say how much this place was to lease or or rent every month. And I would just look at the house and I would look at the pictures and I would start to imagine what it would be like to have an event there. I started to imagine instead of renting out an Airbnb or a hotel suite, you know, or or a hotel uh, conference room for my clients, I started to imagine what would it be like to invite them into my home? And, oh, that felt good. I started imagining myself, you know, with the playlist and and having music coming in and having, you know, plants and, you know, maybe some flowers and, and maybe even playing piano as the clients are coming in. And, oh, that made my heart feel good. It made me feel happy. And then my finger would slip and I'd see the dollars and go, but how? And I was like, move my finger back, cover up the money because the money was the part that was freaking me out. I didn't know how it didn't seem possible. And yet here I was being stretched between the desire and the vision and the seeming impossibility of making it happen. But for whatever reason, and to this day, I, I don't know why I did this, but I kept going back to the pictures and the feeling And I just let that be enough. And every day I would just take a couple of minutes, sometimes more than a couple of minutes, looking at those pictures and just imagining. And every time logic would creep in, I would say, not today, logic. (laughs) This isn't the time. I'll deal with you later and I'll need you later. But right now, chill out. 
And so I would just allow those pictures to, to flow. And all of a sudden, it stopped seeming so impossible. The pictures actually started to feel sort of normal, sort of natural. And I didn't freak out as much. I didn't, it didn't seem as big. I started to think, well, why not? You know, why not? And that was a really useful experience going from the impossible feeling to a possible feeling. And that happened because of exposure to it over and over. I would look at these pictures, imagine myself there, imagine clients there, imagine having, um, you know, parties for my friends and, you know, having people just share the space and connect with each other. And man, it just felt so good. So I kept doing that. And one day I was scrolling through this, uh, this real estate website and I saw a home. And as soon as I saw this home, it was just an instant like, whoa, this is really cool. And I saw this place and it was, it was, um, you know, sort of a modern home. And I, I liked that, that design style and it had just was going to un, uh, undergoing a renovation and it was on this hill and I looked it up and the rent was ridiculous. It was like three times what I was paying for my condo, which was already stretching me a little at that time. For some reason, this time looking at the numbers didn't scare me. It just, it was just a number. It was just a puzzle to be solved. There's just like a level in a game that I got to figure out. It didn't have the same feeling of anxiety. And then I noticed that I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And I guess because of looking at the house so many times and feeling the energy and like, why not? Yeah, this is good. It, it feels right. I guess looking at that house over and over sort of made me believe that it would be possible. And you can do the exact same thing. If you take this sort of impossible thing that someday you might be able to accomplish, if you just dwell on that energy a little bit more, dwell on that picture a little more without letting logic in, without talking yourself out of it, just allow the energy to sort of be there. And I know that sounds like a weird term, but you know what I mean? The feeling of the picture and just imagine it. And that's what I did with this home. So I saw this house and then I saw the, the rent and it actually didn't seem impossible. I realized I just didn't have a, an emotion around it. It was just a sort of an emotionally neutral puzzle that I believed had a solution. So I thought, okay, I need to take the next step here. And that is I'm actually going to go see this house. So I called the realtor and she ended up telling me the address and I said, all right, uh, I would like to schedule a time to see it. So she said, okay, no problem. So we scheduled it for the following week. But as I was on the phone with her, uh, I was getting, leaving my apartment, leaving my, my apartment to go down to my car. And I was on the phone with her. She had already given me the address. I was in my vehicle and I was driving to the home because I had to see it for myself. And that step, looking back, is something that I've done consistently in my life, which I actually give huge credit um, for, for this phenomenon of inspired action. Uh, the, there's the reason why I, I am so appreciative to have so many amazing things in my life is because I just learned to recognize that impulse that says, go, just go. You don't need to know how or exactly what's going to happen. Just go take this next step. This is the best next step. So as soon as she gave me the address, I thought, all right, I'm going to go. So I got in my vehicle and I drove out there and it was December. So it was like December 11th or 12th, something like that. It was kind of cold in Austin and it was very, very uh, foggy that day, like kind of drizzling. 
So I'm driving up through the hills and I pull up to this gate and there's nobody there because the house was still under renovation. The, the crew wasn't there because the weather. So the house was actually, uh, nobody was there. And it was locked, of course. But I thought, all right, here's another moment. <laughs> do I just stay on the street and look at it or do I actually go and explore? And I, just for a moment, I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is okay. I thought, you know what? I would rather ask for forgiveness than permission. So I'm not violating anybody's privacy. There's nobody there. There's no vehicles here. It's just the house. But I'm going to play a game with myself here. I'm going to pretend that it's my house. And I'm going to see how it feels to imagine that it's my house, that I'm living there. And so I walked up the driveway and I started to walk around this house. And let me tell I've got chills right now as I'm sharing this. I remember looking in the windows of this house and like my heart was pounding. I felt so just so much desire, like so much, like, wow, I really, I love this house. I love it. And I could look in the window and I could even imagine my friends in there. And I could imagine that there's this gathering of people that I care about and people that I love. And that we're all sharing these amazing moments and memories and telling stories and laughing. And, and then I walked around the house and I saw the pool and I was like, oh man. And then I saw the view and it was real foggy. So I couldn't see downtown, but these hills just rolled. And then I walked up the back staircase. There was like a spiral staircase up the back. And part of me is walking up the staircase going, A, what the hell are you doing in this house? This isn't even your, isn't even your house. Somebody's going to call security, the cops, whatever. And then I was like, shut up, logic. I'm not intruding on anyone here. Um, yes, I may actually be violating some sort of a law here, but you know what? I'm a qualified buyer in my, or a qualified renter in, in, in my reality here. I'm actually doing this. I'll deal with it later. So I'm climbing up the staircase. And then another thought hit me. Who the F are you to live in a house like this? You don't need this. And all this other stuff started coming in. And man, it was confrontation. I started to feel like guilty and I started to feel all this like old feelings of uh, like, why should I have this? You know, there's people in the world that don't have this kind of stuff. Why do you need it? But I knew enough back then to say, hey, chill out. I'm going to follow this desire because I trust it. And I started to look around at all the other houses. I could see a house just over the valley that was on the top of another hill. I came to find out later that that was Michael Dell's house, founder of Dell, uh, Dell Computer. And uh, I started to think, you know what? There are actually people who live in these homes that are living their own life. It has nothing to do with my life and my values and my vision. And I trust myself. So if this is something that I want, I trust my reasons for wanting it. That was the end of that guilt trip. So I kept going up this spot. This is a, a very emotionally charged stair climb. Let me tell you, I was confronting all this stuff, but it was also trusting this vision. I didn't know how I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just allowing myself to enjoy the feeling of, of this uh, experience. Got up to the top, started looking around and started just imagining who I would want there to share the view. And I started thinking about my friends and started thinking about people that I care about and that I respect and clients and all this stuff. And the energy was so good. And then I walked around the rest of the property and got back into my car and I felt like somehow I had, had sort of energetically claimed this property. It just felt, felt right. 
And yet there was no fear of loss. There was no, I didn't have any sense of what if I lose this? What if I don't get it? It was just gone because I was coming from a place of pure appreciation, not need. I wasn't getting this house to, you know, make up for something that I felt that I lacked. I was very happy with my place and I was very content with myself. I wasn't trying to prove anything. It just seemed like a neat thing to experience and share. So I met with the realtor. She actually showed me around the place. And once I went inside, it was like, you know, I didn't tell her that I'd already cased the joint and, and walked around it. But I walked in and, and she showed me the inside of the house and uh, I was, I was, I was done. I was like, this has to happen. So I, I, uh, I said, all right, uh, it looks wonderful. You know, let's, let's talk details. So she said, very, very predictably, she said, well, just fill out an application and we'll go ahead and do, you know, credit check and all this kind of stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, and then we'll, we'll move forward. The house will be ready in February, mid February. So this is now December, like 15th, 16th. And she said, uh, it'll be ready in, in two months. Now she's saying this and I'm hearing her, her say these words. And in my mind, I'm thinking this isn't going to work because I had just gotten divorced. I had sold a business, but most of that income was actually going to pay alimony, which I had, had very willingly agreed to. My income wasn't what it should have been. And in the process of all of that divorce and all that personal turmoil in 2013, uh, let's just say there were some bills that didn't get paid. So guess what? I was not a poster child for a uh, nice credit score. So she's saying, we'll run an application and do a credit check. And I'm thinking, uh, please don't do that. <laughs> I didn't tell her that, but I knew enough about the rental market and a rental game. Uh, I know what she wants. She wants to rent to a qualified person. So I just looked at her and I said, well, what if we just did stated income? You know, what if we just did a stated income? Uh, and she said, oh, if you're willing to do that, that's fine. I said, yeah, no problem. Now, as I said that, I'm hearing these words come out of my mouth and thinking, what the heck are you doing, man? And I thought, what's the worst that's going to happen? The worst that's going to happen is I can't produce a result and I lose out on a little bit of money uh, with this letter of intent, you know, to take the house off the market. And, it, and, and right now on the podcast, if, if this sounds real technical, I've, we'll get past the technical stuff in a minute. <laughs> but if you've ever done this, uh, if you've ever rented, then you know kind of how it works, right? You put a, put a letter of intent, hey, this is what I want. Anyway, so I said, let's just do two months stated income. And I'll give you the most recent two months. I'll give you uh, December and January. That way you have the most recent income history. And if everything checks out, then we'll go ahead and move forward with the lease and I'll pick up the keys on uh, February 15th. How's that sound? And she said, well, that sounds great if you're, if you're willing to do that. I said, absolutely. So I signed a letter of intent. I gave her a check for, I think uh, it was about $2,000, which was still a stretch that kind of cleaned out my account. But here's the thing. I was willing to lose that money in order to give myself a leading edge experience. I was willing Worst case scenario, if I gave her that $2,000 and I couldn't make it happen, at least I would have known that I gave it everything I had. So I signed the letter, gave her the money, and then immediately went to work. And the first thing that I did, <laughs> this is going to sound maybe too woo-woo, but first thing I did is I went and meditated. <laughs> I know, right? Least productive thing possible. When's the last time you meditated and came out of a meditation and checked your bank account and had thousands of dollars deposited? Uh, 
I, I've not really had that experience before. But I knew that by meditating, I was going to quiet my mind. I was going to have access to more of my, let's just say, inner resources, creativity, etc. And more than anything, I just wanted to feel what the picture of that house felt like. So I drove back to my place after signing this letter, giving her a check. I drove back to my place and I meditated. And I meditated for about an hour. And if you've never meditated or if, if that term even sounds weird, basically what it looks like is sitting in a chair with your eyes closed and just thinking about whatever you feel like thinking about. It's not complicated. Um, and I teach a whole bunch of different meditations and, and maybe we can, I can give you access to some of those. But the point is, I went through this meditation and just imagined myself in the house. And then I just imagined what it would be like to live there comfortably and peacefully and easily. And then lo and behold, I started to get ideas about what I could do that would be valuable for other people. I started to imagine events that I could create and put on based on my expertise that I hadn't had the, the motivation to create before, but now I have a lot of motivation. And then I got another idea for another program that I could create. And then I got another idea for some people that had actually reached out to work with me that I kind of put aside because I wasn't motivated to do the work. Now I'm very motivated to do the work. Now I have a reason to create the income and I know exactly what the money's for, which by the way, the amount of money that is flowing in our lives tends to be the exact amount that we have clear plans for. You know, the, the, the bottom line is when, when it comes to money, most of us just don't know what we would do if our income doubled. But if you plan that out, if you actually mentally and emotionally spend that money and have a place to invest it and you imagine it enough, pretty soon the resources show up. That might sound a little weird, but it, it's just kind of how it works. So I'm planning out and I'm meditating and I'm getting ideas. And then those, those ideas have energy. And all of a sudden, it doesn't seem so odd to have clients coming in, uh, even with, with the place that I'm at. And little by little, over the next couple of days, things just started to line up. I started to feel this lack of fear. Before I was afraid of like rejection and what if, what if somebody thinks it's too expensive or, you know, what if somebody doesn't buy? And I thought, no, that's, it doesn't matter. I know I'm here to serve people. I know that I'm here to deliver in a way that's unique and creative and fun. And it's not about me anyway. It's about them. It's about their issues and their problems. So let me just focus on that. I became such a better, in, in, in my business, a better teacher and a better coach. You have your version of that. You better fill in the blank, whatever you do. But I became better because I was so focused on serving and so focused on giving and yes, I was motivated by a material thing, but even that material thing was not just for me. It was to share. So long story short, I ended up having a record month in December with ideas that didn't exist on December 11th. The ideas showed up. The energy to execute on, the, on those ideas showed up. And within a couple of weeks, as the dust cleared, I'd had a record month. Now, without getting into all the intricate details, my coaching business was doing okay. Uh, I, I was generating, um, uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was, it was between 10 and 20,000 per month revenue, which, you know, that might seem like a huge amount to you right now. It might seem like, like, you know, small change, but for me, that was the culmination of this lifelong dream of being able to teach and coach and consult, but it's, it wasn't enough to justify the rent, 
but I ended up having a almost a five time increase in my income in December. It was as if the faucet was just turned on and there was limitless energy, creativity, clarity. People started showing up like, dude, I want what you've got. And instead of going, oh, well, you know, shucks, it's just little old me over here. I realized it's not about me. It's about them. So I would say, hey, so glad you reached out. Let's have a conversation. What can I do for you? And it just became this very natural thing. And people started paying and they started investing in their own stuff, their own growth. And then I got to be their sort of coach and, and guide through this process. And again, I'm not saying this as a coach and a consultant. I'm saying it as a human being. You have the same ability to focus on something you want so much that the idea becomes so real and then the means begin to make themselves known. You have this exact same power right now. So for the rest of the month in December, I, I went on to have a record month. And in January, the momentum is so clear. And by the way, I was feeding this desire every day. Every day I was looking at pictures of this house Every couple of days, I would drive out there and go and walk the property again. In fact, I met some of the crew that was remodeling and I told them that I'm going to be the new resident and thank you guys so much for doing this. I would take them a six pack of beer when the, when the weather got nicer and sun was shining and I would just go and talk to these guys because it's their work and their energy that they're putting into this home that I'm going to occupy. And I never allowed myself to entertain thoughts of doubt. Now, to be clear... I had thoughts of doubt plenty of times, daily, multiple times a day. What if it doesn't work? What if I can't keep this up? What if people cancel? Blah, blah, blah. But I never entertained them. As the thought of doubt came in, I would say, cool, thank you for showing me what's important. What's important is to focus on service and clarity and taking care of myself and taking care of clients. Thank you, fear. Now get lost. So it's not that those thoughts didn't show up. I just didn't feed them. So every day I was looking at pictures and I was designing events and I would start to look at furniture and I would start to do all these things and just acting as if. And in January, didn't have a record month, but it was pretty close. And then I'll never forget this. February 2nd, my bank statement was complete for, for January. So I had the bank statement from December which I got in January. And then in February, February 2nd, I got the bank statement from January. So now I had two bank statements showing an income that was more than sufficient to satisfy the requirements of this realtor and the owner of the house who is uh, overseas and working and, and uh, not going to be there for two years. So I printed them out. And I physically took them out to the realtor and I handed them to her with a smile. And I said, yeah, here's uh, here's the last two months. Take a look at it. Let me know what you think. She opens the envelope. She pulls out the statements. She looks at it and she just laughs. She goes, oh, this is no problem, Mr. Elder. You're, you're good to go. I said, great. Perfect. When, uh, when can we sign the lease? She said, well, let's do it now. I said, perfect. So I open up the lease. She opens up the lease. I sign the lease. She says, would you like to come pick up the keys on the 15th? And I said, absolutely. So for the next 13 days, I just kept doing what I was doing. You see the house and what the house represented 
had become a new normal for me. Throughout the last two weeks of December, throughout all of January, I was really enjoying operating in this new way. I was really enjoying leaning into this version of who I was. And it wasn't like I became five times smarter, and yet my income increased by almost five times. It's not like I worked five times harder. Because clarity is a superpower. I was clear about what I wanted. And it wasn't about, I want the house. The house is just a a placeholder. What I wanted was the experience of expansion. And the resources always show up in proportion to the clarity that we allow ourselves to have. And what ends up happening is we want something and then we tell ourselves why we can't have it. We want something and then we tell ourselves why we shouldn't have it. We want something and we tell ourselves why it's going to be so hard. And you basically cancel your your order. You cancel your desires out. And you don't have to do that. You can have a thought of fear or doubt or anxiety, but that doesn't mean you have to feed it. And if you just bring yourself back to clarity of what you want and what you appreciate and what you already have and all of the resources that are available to you right now, look how far you've come. You'll keep yourself in that zone of expansion and that zone of creativity. And so in in the space of of literally two months from the beginning of our mid-December to mid-February, I experienced the impossible that became possible. And then I nurtured the possible and the possible became probable. And I began to feel that, wow, this is, this is likely to happen. And then the probable became inevitable. Once that income hit as a result of applying this, this energy and this focus and this clarity and getting the ideas and executing on them without hesitation, the probable became inevitable. And then on February 15th, I drove to the house and the realtor met me there and she gave me the keys. She said, we'll schedule a walkthrough for next week. Thanks for doing business with us. She left. And I put the key in the lock and I turned the lock open and I opened the door and I walked in. And I just took a deep breath as I looked around this amazing home. And I realized that this is now my current reality. And I just walked through the home and allowed myself to feel the appreciation for everything that had unfolded. And I began to feel so much eagerness for the people that were going to get to experience this. Clients that had already invested in a a private day, for example, to work on their business or people that had already invested in an event that I had said, hey, this event is coming. The location is to be determined just in case I didn't get the house. I didn't give them the address, but the dates were set. And now I just imagine them all showing up to this place. And I began to imagine my family visiting and I began to imagine where's the, where's the keyboard going to go and what art would I put on that wall? And there was no resistance. It felt so natural because it had been normalized over the last two months. And I just felt so at peace and I felt so at ease. 
And so this process of going from impossible to possible, from possible to probable, from probable to inevitable, and then inevitable to current reality. I got to tell you, time is the least important factor. And so if you have something that's on your bucket list, if you have something that's on your five-year plan, I'm just going to invite you to consider that five years has nothing to do with it. Five years is, is not the reason why it's going to happen. Your focus is the reason that it happens. Your clarity is the reason that it happens. Your desire and your willingness to commit to that desire, that's what makes it happen. And the thoughts that you're thinking, the feelings that you allow yourself to have right now are in fact setting you up for what you can feel next. And the only reason why it takes people so long to achieve these seemingly impossible goals, if, if they ever do, the only reason it takes so long is because you're fighting yourself. You say, oh, I really want this, but it's going to be hard. Well, you just, you just canceled out that order. God, I, I, God, I would love to experience that, but I don't know what so-and-so is going to say. You just cancel the order. You're contradicting yourself. You're fighting your own expansion. I'd really love to have this vision, this dream come true, but I failed in the past. Well, there's a contradiction there. And so I'm just here to remind you that if you'll simply stop contradicting yourself, if you'll just allow yourself to entertain the impossible just for no other reason than that it feels good to think about in the privacy, in the sanctuary of your own mind, in your own inner space, that you get to experience whatever you wish to experience and that whatever you imagine, if that energy is held, if that imagination can be sustained for just a few seconds longer every time, not to get something done, but because it feels good to think about. The imagination itself is a reward. So you're not doing it to accomplish something. You're doing it because it feels good to think about. And if you do that, one thought leads to another. This is how our brains work. It's so beautifully wired into us that you're only one thought away from a similar thought. But then that thought leads to another and another. And you can literally combust these thoughts from one to the next. And you can work your way into a new inner reality. And it doesn't take very long. You just have to stop fighting yourself. And I've since played this out dozens of times in my own life with seemingly impossible or at least improbable things. But I just learned to follow the desire and I learned to follow the feeling. And where those are coming from, maybe that's a, a topic for another podcast. <laughs> but you have them. I have them. Everybody has them. I've just come to understand that logic is a wonderful tool. But it's just that. It's just a tool. And there are many tools. Creativity is a tool. Visualization is a tool. Allowing yourself to feel the realness of something in advance 
That's a tool. So why not at least balance those inner tools with the outer tools of logic and strategy and planning? And in my experience, logic and, and planned action is, is maybe 5% of the whole picture. Allowing the energy, the, the, the image that you wish to experience and the feeling of it and playing what if and daydreaming a little bit more, that's what creates the desire. And then the desire starts to fuel you. And then you start to have a, a natural enthusiasm that acts as a sort of magnet for other people and for other opportunities. And then the how becomes self-evident. And, and you live in this sort of suspended state where you don't always know exactly how it's going to work. You just know that it's going to. Some people call that faith. My experience of faith is, is a simple one. I, I believe that faith is equal parts desire and expectation. And if I have a strong desire for something, a real desire to experience something or to express something, that's part of it. Expectation is the other part. And if I look back in my own life, and you can do this for yourself, you can see plenty of times that it's worked out really well. And sometimes it works out even better than you thought. So if that was true in the past, why wouldn't it be true in the future? This is how you train your expectation. You expect amazing stuff to work out, even if you don't always know how. In my experience, this blending of desire and expectation creates this compound emotion of faith, not as a blind chance of what might happen, but an actual provable phenomenon based on history. So what is it that you want? What is the impossible thing that you wish to experience? And what if it wasn't impossible? What if it's just a little bit unknown? And if you allow yourself to entertain that thought of the unknown a little bit more, if you allow yourself to start to look at those pictures, start to be in those environments, start to entertain the ideas a little bit more without restriction, without judgment, and without asking how it has to happen, then more will be revealed. You'll see. And you already have a lot of evidence of this in your own life. And you have this power. You have this power to create. You have this power to choose. And life is not supposed to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be. And this particular podcast episode is not for the masses. If you've listened to this entire thing, uh, that can only mean that you are one of those rare individuals that is willing to entertain some new possibilities. And I appreciate you investing your time and your energy to have this dialogue and to, and to share this space. So now it's up to you to decide what to do moving forward. You have these abilities within you. You've always had them. And so now's the time to go and apply. See what works in your own life as you begin to test these. And as always, I look forward to hearing what unfolds for you. And we'll continue to keep rolling out podcast episodes like this so that you can have a space to think through your own thoughts and perhaps some tools to activate your own, uh, 
your own ideal reality. Thanks for coming today. I look forward to seeing you in the next one. And on behalf of the entire team here, this is Jesse saying peace and power. Thank you.